0: The project, um, I know Jake was on last week with us. If you didn't listen to Pink Pill number 18, Jake was on talking about his project. Uh, impromptu interview, I think, um, as we move forward with Pink Pill, probably want to start structuring some some uh, more interviews so we can get some people on that that have things to say that are involved in our community. I think that that would probably be a beneficial thing. Um, but that impromptu interview with Jake... Jake's so, been so gracious. He's come on a number of times uh, after the first hackathon. Um, Jake was really responsive when I reached out to him, and since then we've you know we've gotten pretty friendly. Um, Universal Page, he's working with Vlad, um, one of our community members, and just absolute gigabrain, um, full stack engineer with a ton of experience. Uh, Vlad's been really helpful with some of the documentation for the validators, and then also helping with a lot of the testing. Um, for Luxo themselves with the smart contracts in the network. Those two have combined to form like a super team on Universal Page. And I know we're collaborating with some other projects right now. So if you haven't checked out Universal.page yet, please do so. Um, keep in mind that these are really early stage developments in any project that you're going to see coming out of a hackathon uh, or any real D app right now because the standards themselves are really just starting to coalesce and we're, and the, the team is starting to roll them out to developers. Things will only get more complex, more user-friendly um, and, and I guess more functional from this point, moving forward. The universal page project is really exciting because uh, it's going to allow any user to basically gain a web presence, like a traditional web presence, but it's going to be powered by the universal profile that owns it. Um, one key piece that I kind of, I, I always latch onto, but I think that this is the direction that Universal Page is trying to take it. It's going to allow for creators to develop web to storefronts, right? Like traditional storefronts um, that people will be able to visit um, from any internet browser, but it, they will be powered by crypto rails and you will own that page, that website via an NFT that is issued through the UPN or the universal page name service that uh, Vlad and Jacob put together. So if you build up this really great brand, uh, you'll be able to then sell that brand in business should you choose via the sale of the NFT in a very clean way with no friction, no lawyers, um, cash up front. And then whoever owns the universal profile it's transferred to, it'll pull information from there. One thing that's really cool that some people might not realize is that like, just because, uh, let's say, Ethel Lorian has owned the page and he sells it to Alts Anonymous, it doesn't mean that Alts Anonymous necessarily has to populate as the name of the page, right? The page could still exist under the brand name. Uh, there still could be information that kind of abstracts away the owner. Um, and all of that is being built into Universal Page, um, including the ability to offer uh, I guess, deploy tokens right from your page, collect payments, issue payments. I mean, this this is really going to be a flexible and powerful tool and serve as a foundation for, I think, some of the early development from um, maybe not the large-scale builders looking to build protocols, but definitely from creators looking to build brands or gain brand or win or surround their creations, right? Did I do a good job of explaining that? I think I tried to sum that up as it, the best that I could.
1: Yeah, no. I think structurally, that's exactly what they're trying to focus on right now and trying to build out um, just setting groundwork for all of that, like, Web2 integration, I think, because that's, like, the key is to, to have that window to mass adoption for both big brands, but also for just the independent brands as well, um, because, you know, you can kind of take that control of your assets and uh, the curation of, you know, of your portfolio and stuff and, and the way that you're... You know your um, fan base or your community interacts with you is that's it's really changing quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about things like Universal Page, it's important to keep in mind like um, we're definitely not shilling these projects. What we are is just we're just trying to educate the community about what's available out there and what's coming. Right? Shill has this negative comment, like connotation to it, and the implication is that like we're trying to influence you into doing something that you wouldn't do normally there is definitely a do it. There's an influence here, right? Like we're trying to make people aware, but the influence is being exercised, not in like a negative or pejorative way where we're, where where we're trying to like leverage you in any way, shape or form. If you're listening, what we're trying to do instead is educate you about what is coming. So you go and D Y O R do your own research, check it out yourself. um, Get a sense for what's happening. Most of the education that I have earned and I'll say earned um, in this space has been through playing with DApps. I, I know early on in Ethereum, I, I'll, I'll be really straightforward about this. I've probably spent, oh God, more money than is probably appropriate. Uh, certainly like an Ivy League education in like gas fees and then um, terrible transactions, getting to know some of the DeFi protocols early on. Um, but that served me really well. The good news here in Luxo is that you won't even have to pay the gas fees for the education. The gas is all going to get paid by the Luxo network early on. So you'll be able to actually go out there and just play around with these things, Uh, get a sense for how they work, get a sense for what's possible. And then hopefully, you know, we start to see the ideas um, that, that explosion, that like um, explosion of new, Ideas, organisms, uh, projects that just move manifest out from there, and that'll be excellent.
1: Um, I don't know, right? Well, I think it's really good. No, I think it's really good to familiarize yourself, you know, during this public test net, even if you're just pulling up these data and just playing around and just getting familiar with them, because, like you said, like you know, we could see an explosion once mainnet comes and and the kind of floodgates open, and they just give these tools to everybody. It might be an exponential curve of, you know, of network effects. So uh, it's, it's definitely good to at least understand how, how it all works and, and where it's headed. I think sooner the better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There are all different types of learners, but you know, one thing about most humans is, is we learn best through playing with it. Right. Um, very few people have the ability to just like sit, listen to someone tell you about it, and then you know exactly what's going on. That That's just when there's some type of functionality behind it, like to get your hands on it um, is the best way to learn. And, you know, if you're like me and I'm like, you know, to reference Bart Simpson, man, I've got to push the button that says do not push it and learn the hard way um, to avoid those types of circumstances in the future.
1: and break it till you make it right <laughs> i mean we're literally we're in a sandbox right so it's like we're kind of building this world from scratch so you know there's a lot more leeway for uh for breaking stuff around here anyway so it's all good yeah
0: hell yeah and the more people that go out there and break it the better we are at exiting the echo chamber of like kind of just talking in a small group and then recycling opinions right the more people get out there do things break them Um, the more opinions that come in that really inform the greater collective consciousness of what is happening here. And like, that's really important.
1: Well, it's kind of like the way that that this digital revolution, it kind of like self moderates itself. Like it's kind of the ebbs and flows of, you know, self moderation amongst the community and stuff. So it's really great. And we're getting better at it, right? It's a, it's a tool that we're learning (laughs) for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: without a doubt.
0: So um you know, also, I going back a little bit here, you kind of like um you picked up on a tweet that uh, Marjorie had put out about talking about you know, Marjorie's always hammering on that anything that you can perceive is real, right? And that we need to stop drawing this boundary in between the physical and digital worlds. Right. And instead look at them as a digital existence that we actually live in. And that the kind of paradigm that the only thing that is real, like, you know, the old fogey um, take, it's only real if you can uh, go out there and touch it, so to speak. Like it's it's tangible in in this existence that we've lived in for the last, you know, uh, who knows, however long humans have been around. We're, we're merging realities into this digital existence where where our senses are being expanded, where there's so much more possibility, uh, I guess you would say. And Marjorie, I think Alt's to quote you, you said, it's true, the, cur- the current standards are about to end their life cycle, right? Um, I think I quoted you on that one and I thought you were spot on, right? I-, I think we definitely are kind of merging realities here and it goes to, like I'm saying, you got to play with things that really understand that reality, Um what do you think, man? Like, I know, I know that this no. is something that you really
1: kind of, you, you, you think about a lot. No, I do. Um, because it's so, it's such a fascinating phenomenon, but you're right. Like you have to literally live and breathe like these communities in this space and, you know, play around with NFTs in a digital fashion and all these things Like, you have to kind of literally just be here for a long time. Like you always say, you know, time in the space is is more important than timing the space, right? because then you can truly understand it. Um, and also like once you kind of make the decision of like, this is the path that I'm going to be on this, I I believe so much in the tech and the communities that I'm willing to just go all in and and build and create here. and, And set up my brand here in this space, you know, once you kind of commit to that, well then you can just, you know, focus on just, just building and kind of being yourself. Um, but it's a really, it's a really fascinating question between you know the dichotomy between you know the different you know realities, as it were, between the digital and the physical. Uh, because, like, like you said, those lines are being blurred more and more. You know, we're pushing that boundary, you know, in this space more than anybody. Um, and as the tech improves, we'll be able to to blur that line even more. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I mean, if you think we're in a simulation, then you know, what's reality, anyways? Right? Like, I mean, there's really no way to, to measure reality. The only tool we have to measure reality is like our, our, own, um, you know, our own mind. So it's like our own mind is going to gauge itself. Like that's not a great barometer for <laughs> accuracy. Right. So, but it's like, it's all just, it's all relative. Right. So like just whatever, whatever you're feeling. And I feel like this space is coming to life so much more than I could have really imagined. And, and this is like in the very early stages. Like I, I feel like alt. Oh, like I, you know, I, I, embody a lot of like, because like you said too, it's, it's a, it's a collection of tools that allow you to express yourself more than you could in the physical realm. But it has there's huge advantages to this space as well. You know, so that the dance and concert kind of moving forward, you know, between those two is, is really fascinating. And, and I think it's, it's, I don't know, we're at the precipice of it. Um, and we're literally, the, we're the spearhead, you know, with what we're trying to build here because we're trying, we're literally trying to open up, this user experience that's been so convoluted and awful for so long, for over a decade, we're trying to, to strip all that away and just let anyone come in and then let them see for themselves, right? Like really how, I mean, we, we're going to reap some of the benefits because we're the ones here early and we're, we're having to deal with a lot of the BS that just sucks <laughs> right now. You know, by the time it's smooth and seamless hundred percent, yeah, there's like a lot of money to be made, but then anyone can just come in here and do whatever they want in this space and see how amazing it is. So yeah, I, I think the growth potential of it is it's uh, unfathomable what this point is.
0: Well, Marjorie right, is quoted saying like everything our brain can perceive is real. So if I can see it, I can perceive it. It's real. And perception exists actually beyond just seeing like there's other sensory perceptions that exist out there. And I would say there's even extra sensory perceptions that, you know we can debate the reality of, but there's definitely going to be um, sensory perceptions beyond our our five traditional senses that can be layered on top of our physical existence by really embracing something that's a digital existence or augmented. Right? When we talk about extended reality XR, um, and then the component realities that exist in there, uh, and I'm thinking specifically like augmented reality, uh, like we see through the Artifact Project. I mean, the ability to. Oh, man, like, Alts did me a solid um, with that hoodie. And I, I'm really looking forward to when I get to meet up with other clones and I get to see, you know, what type of experiences they've layered on top of that hoodie, those those AR experiences they've layered on top of that hoodie. Um, that That's really going to be something that'll be, oh, God, unique um, to start, but also, I think, revolutionary <laughs> in a certain way. And uh, this is where I think, like... In the Luxa white paper, they talked about a new creative economy, and that that's a real nebulous term. Um, for me, it really feels like, it, you know, I'll throw my own two w- few words on top of it. Like, it's a new fidgetal renaissance, right? And like, what's a renaissance? Like, a renaissance is going to be like a revival or a renewed interest in something. And I think that renewed interest is going to be in this this entire sphere of digital fashion, digital creations. Um, it's going to unlock the ability of of people's imaginations to create experiences that, that up until this moment only live inside our brains. You know, like when I'm walking down the street and I have some crazy idea that makes me laugh, or alts, I know for a fact that you have some absolutely wild ideas, right? Um, to to be able to unleash those on the public, so other people can experience those jokes, the, those those visions. Like that is going to be awesome. And that is going to have a a renewed interest in the ability to share, not just through word, but through art, um, the emotional state of the people who are creating it or, you know, these, these really deeper messages that are conveyed through pictures and not words. Right. Um, And I know that I'm talking to a lot of artists in this room and I, I, as someone who maybe didn't appreciate fashion for much of my life, I'm just a very basic person, right? Like a minimalist. I like jeans and a t-shirt and that's how I've always gone. I see that jeans and a t-shirt now can be elevated so much beyond, uh, plain jeans, white t-shirt, right? Like it's almost autistic of me to believe that that's all that I could ever wear. Um, when I saw, when I see Kriegel in real life, every piece of his outfit is so curated, um, all the time. It, 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 it kind of opened my eyes um, and I thought it was just a it a really neat thing. Like I said, digital renaissance and our, our senses are really being expanded beyond just the traditional this is where we're at,
1: right? Well, I think uh, I go ahead, Drew. Oh yeah, I was gonna say like imagine like now with like adding adding digital or digital fashion into your daily wardrobe. Imagine how many more additional layers of curation are now possible. Like, just think about that for a second. Like, you already think about like, okay, what shoe am I wearing? What pant am I wearing? What shirt? What outer layer? Mid layer? Am I wearing a jacket today? Am I wearing a hat? Uh, what glasses am I wearing today? Uh, do I need gloves? Like, a scarf? What belt? Like, okay, that's just your physical items. Okay, now we're going to add digital fashion on top of that. Okay. Okay we're not going to just magically get rid of all of the cool clothes in our closets um, and just start wearing bodysuits with digital fashion over top. I mean, maybe we will, but uh, I would imagine for a little while, there's going to be uh, a bit of a transition period where, okay, now we're still going to select the cool everyday items to wear, because there's probably going to be a number of people that aren't yet wearing AR glasses to see the cool, like digital fashion DMAT or, uh, clone X pieces that we're going to be wearing on top. But now we're going to have additional, like a digital jacket, a digital pant. Okay. Now this jacket has a filter that transitions from, we're going to use the cliche. I think it's a cliche now, like fire to ice. Uh, or, but we're going to have two of these filters on at the same time. So our jacket can go from one extreme to the other in an instant. Like you're going to have a ex- experiences on your clothes that you can then curate as well like oh you're going to be in line at a movie opening like who's going to do that in the future but you're going to be in line at some event and uh just for a social experience maybe you want to have like a mini game on the back of your jacket like hey guys come on up and play pin the tail on the donkey in, in uh, the digital fashion world <laughs> on the back of my, uh, my Clone X jacket. Like, okay, you don't have that choice. I'm Now now my mind is like, ooh, spinning with, okay, we're going to have a lot of choice paralysis here. So maybe we'll just need an AI to tell us what we want on our clothes from a day-to-day. That's day. literally, I was literally thinking the same thing. Listen to you described it. I was like, man, like, I was thinking about all the pieces I already own and then imagine in like a year or two, like how many pieces like, we're going to own so many different things. And it's like, how are you, yeah, you're definitely going to need an AI that can just like, <laughs> maybe somebody can build that to integrate it into the, into the digital wardrobe. So it can just like, Hey, all, what's up? How you doing today? And then you can like chat with them for a second, tell them, you know, about where you're headed and then they can just like <laughs> pick it out for you. Uh, but even like just the idea of curating it yourself is so much easier in digital space because you can like, I mean, you can flip through, hundred different shirts and, and try them on you know one after another very quickly you know and to uh, be able to change it change your out- outfit a few times throughout the day just have you're feeling um, as opposed to the real world it's much well I caught myself the physical world it's much more difficult um, to do that and it's harder to commit right <laughs> oh absolutely but yeah the other side on the digital side of things like there is that benefit like you were saying it's going to be easier to to preview those looks, but you'll also be able to save those looks. Like it's not as simple in, in the, the physical part of reality to just go like, Oh yeah, I want to wear what I wore like three weeks ago, this combo, like, and then just, you don't just like roll out of bed and it's, it's instantly on you. No, you got to go find those pieces. You got to make sure they're washed. Um, but yeah. in with your digital pieces, like now you'll just tap a button, um, or even just think it speak it like hey Siri where look 320 from the other day um hey Siri uh where look 725 yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly exactly (laughs) but no yeah like it's interesting though that actually makes me think a little bit another way that digital fashion is like helping with the environment like not only between like you know saving on elements and things of you know energy of creating things but also just maintaining them you know, keeping them clean and organized. And it's like to to be able to save all that time, money, and effort is, it's going to be really cool too. Um, but just in general, like so many more people are going to be getting into digital fashion that never were before. Like, like Ethan wasn't even interested in fashion in any way, shape or form, but now we're kind of like, he's like starting to open his eyes a little bit. So you know what it could be. Um, but anyway, he won't have to even try that hard because even like his clones for instance will get him a closet full of, really dope stuff to be able to, to experiment with in the physical world
0: as well. Hell yeah, absolutely. You're hundred percent right with clone forging coming. Like that is going to be, I, I don't know where that's going to go, but I, I'm super excited. I'm also really excited to start to, you know, as the creators in the ecosystem, like I see Johnny listening here as his digital creations start to become unlocked and I can actually go out and, and get those things. Like I, I'm going to have a very stocked digital closet, um, I know, right. Like I know some designers that like, I want to support as well. Like Kriegel being one of them. Like I, I what are you going to make? I want to support you. Right. Like, cause I think what you make is sick. And, uh, when we unlock those experiences, it's going to be freaking fantastic. And I'll, I'm going to sell, tell you like it <laughs> to quote the movie that totally freaked me out when I, when I first saw it, event horizon, like it feels like where we're going, you don't need eyes to see because, we're going. We're merging these realities. We're, we're merging these realities, and we're crossing this event horizon, where there's going to be this gravitational pull that is pulling us in to this new experience. And I realize I'm making a metaphor here, but as we get pulled into this new fidgetal renaissance, this new this new creative economy, like once you cross that event horizon, that boundary, there's no coming back. Right? There's no going back unless the entire world's infrastructure of computers gets nuked. Always a possibility. Right. Can't discount that that could ever happen. However, like let's be honest, most likely, unless there's some apocalypse, we are not going back to the age of like, you know, uh, wearing pelts and furs. Right. We're going in the other direction in civilized society. So to tie this to Luxo, which I think is really cool, what the new creative economy is, Luxo is designing and is enabling everybody to do is through LSP six, which is that key manager, right? Like I can have my universal profile and I can have all of my assets on there. So like, I want to be the Ethelorian. I'll have tokens in there that are worth a lot of money. I might have NFTs or high value investments in there, but what I can have is different vaults that will be segregated, that will hold the different valued assets that are in there. And I'll have a key for each one. And what my universal profile will allow me to do is I could make it so the main assets live on a ledger, right, that are connected to my universal profile. And like it's a vault controlled, like the private key is controlled by like a ledger. It's a cold wallet. However, I'll be able to enable and give permission to my phone to make signatures in that universal profile to access the vault that may have some of these AR looks and digital fashion items that, again, are really valuable to me. But no one's probably going to want to steal them from me because, right, like they, they, they might be lower value right? Like some people might want to steal a Jeff Staple shirt off my back. Most people are not going to run up and rip it off my back. Most people like, again, are probably not going to go through the effort of trying to raid my wallet for like a, an NFT worth a hundred dollars. Like it's just not worth the effort. That's probably not where people are going to go. What Luxo is going to enable me to do is again, create those permissions on my phone. So my phone right through a key can be connected back to my universal profile itself. Um, and I'll only have access to the digital fashion. So on the street, I'll be able to change my look through my phone and I'll be able to do it in a secure way and I'm not worried about signing transactions with my phone and I'm going to lose everything in that wallet. I'm not going to need 15 different ledgers, right, where I it, every, every ledger I add to my ledger stack just adds another layer another potential place where I could misplace a private key, lose the ledger, nuke the ledger, have my house burned down, right? Like all of these things could be really catastrophic in my financial life. You know, again, through LSP six, through what Luxo is this, what Luxo is really doing is, is trying to create the infrastructure that we can have these experiences on the street and not worry about some of the, the key issues that honestly, would plague um, the instantiation of like this lifestyle in real life if we were to use um, like Ethereum proper right now, right?
1: So I just had one thought. Um, So I I don't don't know if you saw the Mirakami shirts that they're giving out. Like there was a snapshot a while back. And uh, so I had a flower sitting in a vault. But then it turns out that I need to actually connect that wallet in order to be able to claim the shirt. And it's like a vault wallet. So I'm like, I just don't connect it to anything, so I just had to pass on the shirt, which sucks. But, like, if that had been sitting in my universal profile, it would have been perfectly fine because I could have just given it the outermost access to just see what's in my wallet. Um, but I think, like, cause even like for that last artifact, for the hoodie drop, they had a uh, – they used a third party to verify, which actually caused an issue because it was they couldn't handle the volume. Um, but I'm wondering, like, if a universal profile could – like if you could have a universal profile that just checks NFTs in your wallet, uh, for verification purposes like that. Like if there could if that could serve as the, the verification. Um, or if you you can just use your you can still just connect it directly to your up and only give it the outermost access to see. Like is it, is it even that simple?
0: Yeah, you'd definitely be able to give it the outermost access to see. Like you'll be able to segregate your assets in different vaults. In the case of the artifact drop, like the third party the third party that was layered on top of the contract was used. Um, it was like an artificial gate, which we found out that didn't need to exist because you could mint directly from contract, right? Like all, all it did was like keep the non-techie people away from being able to mint things. Um, the universal profile itself, you know, it, it, ideally like artifact could have used um Could have used this Ethereum proper just to check your wallet, right? However, every time you do that kind of stuff, it's going to create more... uh, It's going to make the transaction more expensive from a gas perspective, right? And everybody loves the low gas transactions. So to circle back to to Luxo here, given Relayer services and at least initially Luxo paying for every single transaction... That's not that big of a deal, is it, right? Because it's going to be no cost, not low cost. It'll literally be no cost um, to transact with the Luxon network, which is actually kind of rad. And then as this thing goes on, as we know, um, Fabian has said, it's just like, you know, if we're think of the telecom days, you go out, you buy a certain amount of data every month. Like he sees blockchain, you know, in kind of the founder's vision here being like a subscription service. I'm going to subscribe for this amount of money to this many transactions or this amount of gas per month. Um, and that's my allotment, right? Because that's what I can afford. Um, so it, you know, it could go any number of ways here. The big difference with the Luxo situation would be you'd have again, segmented vaults. So you didn't need to connect that outside ledger, which was a pain in my ass. I had to make some transfers, in order to claim anything, right? Like I've got in order to get 3D files, I got to start moving clones around, which is a pain in my ass. It's one of the reasons I haven't done it. Um, I just did it recently. Um, given LSP6, I'll just have different vaults with different keys and I'll be able to give those permissions. So I'm not worried about people, you know, going in and, and wiping out my entire wallet, right? I could have a wallet that is literally all you can do is sign to verify, but you can't transfer, right? Like there's a lot of interesting things that can
1: be done. I think like we're we're finally getting is it's funny because I mean, it's definitely the, the transaction fees and the speed and, and the gas, the gas costs are definitely like a major concern, right? Obviously it's not too bad right now, but whenever it gets, the network gets stressed, it, it gets ridiculous or you, you know you have gas wars and things like that. Um, but I, I, I we've we've seen other chains that tried to basically be easy, but faster and cheaper. Um, but the trade-off on those is they become more centralized. So they have other issues, you know, that ETH that doesn't have. Whereas Luxo is going to be the first chain that's going to be faster and cheaper but still decentralized 100%. So, like, that's, I think that's going to really blow people away when they realize that, you know, what, what we're bringing to the table. Yeah,
0: in order to make something faster and cheaper using the EVM, you, you're going to increase the, you know, like, if you take the EVM and you just make the block sizes bigger, right? Just allow more transactions in every block. All you're going to do is increase the the size of each block and then the amount of storage that a device is going to need, right? Like, instead of having a terabyte hard drive, 92, 93, right? Instead of needing 32 gigs of RAM to run a slight, uh, um, a whole bunch of validators, now you need more. Right? And all that does is price out the average person. Like The whole point behind an EVM system that is decentralized is any person on a very basic machine should be able to run a node. And then also, if you want to participate in proof of stake, to be able to validate using, like I said, a basic machine. If the cost is low, people will participate. The more people that participate, the more decentralized the network is. And like that is at the core of really Ethereum's development. And then Luxo... Latching on to that using the Casper consensus uh, in the original documentation, I think Fabian's quoted as saying he wants over seventy thousand validators. That's like seventy thousand people or seventy thousand um, unique stakes that are out there, basically attesting to the veracity of any transaction on the blockchain, the truthfulness of it. Like that's decentralization. Solana, I, you know, you need much bigger rigs. You need much more computing power um, to run a proof of stake, stake, validator on Solana. I think I, you know, I could be talking totally out of my ass. I think I heard the number was like around a hundred. I could look that up right now, but I'm not going to waste the time doing it. Cause I don't honestly care all that much, but the number is much lower. And you know, like uh, Binance smart chain, like they had state bloat issues where all they did to get the transaction throughput, to get more transaction throughput, they increased the size of the block and they reduced the block time, and all that did was make it so less people could actually validate. That's not what we want, right? We want fully decentralized. I think the the goal in with the EVM is to be able to make it so you can run it on a Raspberry Pi, right? A little tiny machine that costs almost nothing. Um, that would be ideal. And I think eventually the direction that I know that developers are trying to take it is to be able to run a node and validator set from your mobile device. And if you could do that, think about the decentralization capabilities or the power of that kind of idea right there there's a mobile device in the hands of billions of people. If you could really decentralize across even a fraction of a billion people, you're going to get a massively decentralized network, which is what we want.
1: So do you, do we have a guess of like, do we know what the validator number is going to be? Like what it'll take to, to be a validator?
0: This is a good question. I was actually having this conversation with Rob G last night and it's like, a, it's a concern of Rob's and, and Rob is, um, if you don't know, Rob, um, Rob has done a lot of technical documentation, like just taking the docs from Luxo, uh, the team at Luxo, and some of our community members, and trying to make them readable. Um, there's an entire community built out around um, staking in the ETH community called ETH Stakers, and Rob G is is putting currently putting together something um, for Luxo called Lick Stakers, right? And it's a um, Anyway, in the context of that conversation, right now in the test network, it's 221 LYXT, that's the test tokens for LIX on L16, to run a validator. Um, If you make projections going forward and you look at what it costs to become a validator back on December 1st, 2020 for Ethereum, um, it was about $20,000 USD which at the time was worth, that was about 32 ETH, right? Because 32 ETH is a stake and it was about a $600 price point, which puts you at about $19,200 to run a validator, like a full validator set. If you make those proje- projections going forward across the values for Lux right now, um, obviously the variable being the price of Lux, you know that number kind of moves up and down, um, right? If you were at... Two hundred and now you're gonna make me do quick math alts, which is kind of killing me. Uh hold on. If you were at two hundred and twenty-one Luxo right now and you right to run a validator and you wanted twenty thousand dollars for a stake to kind of operate like Ethereum, that would mean the price of Luxo would have to be ninety dollars to accomplish that, right? So if it was <coughs> So, if you keep that model and you think of the price that way, right, as we move towards mainnet, you'd have to see the price come up to kind of meet that stake amount. If you wanted to have the amount that Luxo was worth, like let's take Luxo token down to $45, which would be about the all time high, which might be realistic, then you're talking 442 licks per one validator stake, right? None of this is set in stone. I'm totally making projections based upon the Ethereum model. Um, Like I said, don't take me at my word. This is just, pure speculation alts, but like this is to help people kind of understand like what the finances are behind it. When you put up stake in a proof of stake network, what you're basically doing is building a security wall with all the stake that is locked up. Um, you need to make sure that basically no person can control 66% of the network. Right. So you need to make it so every time someone buy basically the way proof of stake works, if I was a bad actor and I wanted to come in and I wanted to hijack the network I would have to buy um, some Luxo to to run a validator. And every time I bought Luxo, the price would go up. Um, and it basically creates this like security wall um, of stake that makes it impossible, it really prohibitive for people to go in and buy enough um, validators to hijack the network, right? And that's a very rudimentary explanation that I just gave you there. I could go much, much deeper, but I don't think this is the time for it. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's impressive. Well, the highlight.
1: Question. Okay, so to to be clear, Luxo at ninety five dollars by the end of the year. That what you said? That that's what I heard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate the breakdown. That was yeah, that was very helpful. I,
0: I think I think when you look at it, though, you know, those are the considerations that the team's probably making on the backside, right? So, it, these are the things that inform the decisions. Around what the size of the stake is going to be, at two hundred and twenty-one licks, like it sits right now. If twenty thousand was the number, just to be in line with what Ethereum was launching, uh, like what Ethereum was at, we're talking ninety bucks, right, at mainnet. I don't know if that's realistic. You know, at, at the time of the merge, uh, no, at the time of the Beacon Chain launch, um, Ethereum was actually Beacon Chain wasn't securing any value, right? It was just a test. So um, maybe it's better to look at it right now. And then that throws the model out. So I'll just, I'll stop talking because we could go down a rabbit hole here where I'd be speculating and people might hold me to that. I think that I just kind of maybe highlighted for you, a mental model that you can think about. Um, But I would also say to you, If you are interested in participating in a proof-of-stake network, resources are coming to help you do it to give the average person, like the non-technical person, a very simple guide uh, to follow, to gain access. And then also resources are coming to help aid you in the process to do it. Right now, um, they exist out there. Um, L16 is going to be a persistent network. It's a great time to try. Uh, Going forward, though, when you start putting up real money, you're going to want to make sure that you're taken care of. And I think that there's a community being built out around that. Um, And then also, if you think about what a proof of stake network really does, when you lock up Ethereum in that proof of stake, you're basically yielding like a bond. It's like a bond denominated in licks. And it's a pretty consistent yield and very safe. Probably the safest thing out there. That's what a bond is. Um, And we're yielding about 6%. Right, right, right now, Luxo will yield higher than that initially, and it's going to be denominated in the LYX token. If you're looking for some asymmetric upside as an investor, there's potential there. Again, that is not financial advice that you should follow after me, but that is what I have done. So if you're following me, like, I, mean, I guess that's what I'm doing, kind of talking myself in a circle, not giving you financial advice, but telling you what I've done. So um, take that for what it is. Okay, I feel like I just like talked in a circle there. Hopefully that made sense to everybody. Alt, Kriegel, check me.
2: Hey, right, you're good, fam.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, you're right on the money. No pun intended. <laughs> I feel uh, like that pun was intended. At all. Uh, actually, no, that was completely accidental. So that pun was not financial advice either. Wait, the pun? <laughs> Yeah, it was no. it's not pun advice.
0: Yeah, not pun I advice. <laughs> you guys are killing me. So, yeah. And, uh, okay, so connect, to connect this back to Ethereum because, you know, we were just talking about proof of stake networks and Ethereum, right? And, uh, and oh, while I'm talking here, I'm going to get cooking up on stage because he just requested Um Actually, I guess before taking this down the road that I, I was going to go, Cook, what's up, man? You came up here because you wanted to talk, so put it on us, man.
3: Dude, I wanted just to totally take the wheel and just go hard left or right, um, depending on orientation. So I wanted to know what is the keys working on for this Luxo Hackathon? What can be shared? What ideas can we discuss if here is the time and the place for such discussion? Um, if it's not, I'm happy to, to put this energy on pause and take it back out of the can or, or out of the pink pill bottle the second I possibly can, sir. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so that is a fantastic question. If you look at the Luxo hackathon, you will see that Keys is an entrant in the social and DAO. Um, hold on, let me let me... Let me. The socials and DAO category, Um, there's no more information provided there. It's pretty much just a logo and says more to come. Um, Oh, I was about to say, if Sage wanted to speak about it, I'd let him. But he hadn't requested, but he's here now. So, Cook, maybe he'll give you a highlight as to, like, what's going on. I don't want to spill the beans because it is a, a hackathon, per se, but whatever he wants to share, he can.
4: Hi guys, sorry, I was doing the dishes, had to wipe my hands off, hit that request button. Uh, good morning to everyone, Kriegel all E cooking, what's going on, guys? Morning, sir. Good morning.
3: You know where I come from, uh, the parents are supposed to handle all dishes, all chores, um, you know, mow the grass, uh, take the trash out, shovel snow, like everything is supposed to be done for you.
0: <laughs> cooking, go kill yourself.
4: Yeah, to help it out around the house however I can, but um, yeah, uh, based on the hackathon, so uh, put a little team together comprised of um, prior keys members as well as others in the community that would be um, a good additive to our team. So uh, built the team, and like you said, we're going for the socials and DAO category, uh, specifically the DAO voting key manager uh, with up-based interface. Um. As of right now, we've been taking a lot off of Snapshot and how they do their governance processes and pretty much just trying to uh, utilize Luxo's tools and standards to accomplish a governance process for a DAO uh, while enabling that DAO to build itself within and up. I would say that's probably a pretty good summary as to where we're working towards right now and what would be a good goal to accomplish towards the end of the hackathon.
3: So, So just some, you know, some massive things over the next four to six weeks. Um, that's awesome. You know, anything that I think anyone on this call can do to assist. I'm sure that there are many that are willing, um, if, if the need should arise.
0: Oh, go ahead, Sage.
4: Yeah, for sure. Cook. I know like, um, as being very interested in like governance and DAOs as I am, like there have been a lot of topics that have, arisen that I was not expecting, right? Like uh, psychology questions on the voting side of things and how the LSP's should intertwine and work in a DAO form, right? Like trying to create things that have never been created before. And Cook, I appreciate you saying that too. We definitely have a Hackathon chat or a uh, channel in the Keys Discord that um, once we get a little further along and we have more of a viable product to be able to share, I would assume that we would love some feedback from the community. So that would be something uh, I would assume we'll definitely take advantage of.
3: And I'm just kind of sitting here thinking about the monumental challenge of taking, uh, Heath, I forget the term, is it social? It's not social currency, but it's, you know, social reputation almost. Um, Trying to digitalize how we can, you know, pioneer that path for how do you quantify uh, friendships, more or less, on a blockchain. Um, that's it's an impressive it's an impressive question to ask, and I, I think you know pulling different things together from the different LSPs is a really cool way of addressing it. So uh, it's cool. I just wanted to you know flip the switch a little bit and kind of see where we're where we're going um, as a community, just kind of uh, save you to Talorian from his rabbit holes.
4: <laughs> oh, you're the best. <laughs> Yeah, I got to dig about it. But but uh, I mean, yeah, super interesting question, Cook, and that has been like a real big question that we've been going over here, like how much of this is something that we would want to input in our specific DAO, each DAO, and how much of it is something that we're going to want every DAO to be able to adopt, right? We know that each DAO is going to have their specific goals, right? And if their goals aren't to build a reputation system, we want to still be able to to allow them to build a DAO with an up and vote using Luxo, right? We specifically would like to use a reputation system. So finding a balance of like not requiring everyone to, and still allowing them to do what it is they would like to do and still being able to invoke that reputation system into it. So yeah, a, a lot of deep thought It's the interesting category and I've really been enjoying the work so far.
3: And something that's, like an interesting social barrier to maybe discuss. And I'm kind of curious what this team's thoughts are on it and, you know, how we bring it to blockchain and and maybe if blockchain improves this social barrier that can be hit on is, uh, you know, you share an unpopular opinion. Well, let's just say, you know, something that majority of your community you don't think is going to immediately back you on it. Um, How, how do we digitalize that and make it in a, in a safe, way to facilitate those harder discussions, you know, instead of everyone necessarily piling on the meta or the normal or the mainstream mindset.
0: So I think that Sage, I'll take this one quickly. I think what you start to look at there cook is actually, um, that's a question about social graphs themselves. How do we connect to one another and who owns those connections? Right now, if on Twitter, I went out there and I just started putting really abhorrent shit, um, I could get deplatformed anytime, anyway. It, it just it wouldn't even be an issue, right? Like they, I would get removed, and then every person I was connected to, even if they agreed with that abhorrent shit, would no longer be able to to interact with this profile because I just don't own it. What blockchains are going to unlock, and I know this is being worked on right now um, by a community member in Luxo or a few of them, is this idea of universally linking um, the universal profiles themselves. So the social graph exists without platform, right? So I realize I'm using the example of abhorrent shit because like, that's typically when people get deplatformed, right? They put something up there that people don't agree with because it's a difficult conversation and people might come up against it right and i say abhorrent so maybe i could you could um that connotes like there would be something horribly racist or something like that maybe i want to walk that back a little bit maybe i'm just i'm i'm just saying that like i'm going to put something up there that's a challenging topic like you're saying cook right the platform itself shouldn't be able to deplatform like remove me from it and remove all of my connections because I'm putting something up there that socially is challenging because there might be a lot of people that I'm connected to that want to engage in that conversation might agree, might disagree, but still want to be connected to me, still engage in that conversation. It shouldn't be the platform's choice, whether or not those connections exist and whether or not people can then still like interact with, with me as a person. Like I said, I know that this thing, like this type of, let's call it quote unquote standard is being worked on right now because these universal type of, of associations, like the social graphs that connect us all shouldn't be owned by anyone. They should be owned by the people and the relationships, right? That are, that are built between us, right? Those links exist beyond platforms. So no matter what interface I use, my connections like to Cook or Sage or Johnny or Alts or anyone else will persist. So, you know, the initial D app that I log into where I build connections might go away, but the next thing I come to, I have those connections and I don't need to provide any information besides the fact that my account is connected to your account. And I know that these types of social media use cases are being worked on right now, right? Um, uh, I know that, Uh, they've been explained to me. I've played around with, with at least one of them a little bit. It's this stuff is coming cook. Right. And it's important. I think when, when any of these projects are being developed to understand that, like they're more like Lego blocks than they are like Lego sets, right? Like we're not at the point where I can buy the Harry Potter Lego set and everybody's invented all the specialized pieces that I need to make to, to, to issue that set we're at the point where people are still developing like the four by four block or like the one by one block, which is really difficult to find or, or the specialized little spinny piece that I need for a wheel, right? Like people are making those things right now. And one of those, those things is that idea of that universal connection that allows for social grasp to persist beyond the platforms that they exist on. And I think in this case here to circle back to the hackathon thing, When we first, like I said, the the idea for Keys really came out, was born out of a conversation that myself, Alts, and Kriegel were having one night where we were like, how do we just really just kind of having fun um, conversing about, you know, what are the directions that we could go if we wanted to do something fun with the community? And it all circled back to, well, you know, if we could get our hands on more Lux tokens, we could just then continue to build stacks of Lux tokens and then eventually buy ourselves a space yacht, right? Like that, that was like a kind of a joking conversation, but born out of that idea became this, this, this idea that like, Hey, there's going to be lots of projects, lots of people, lots of ideas that are going to come into this space and how can we better assist them in finding the resources that they need where this idea really kind of, I, I'm going to say stalled, although that might not be the correct word, is that we didn't have a governance system in place? Like there was nothing that existed that could allow us to mobilize all of the human capital um, one inside of this community for keys right now, but also the human capital inside the individual projects. Right now, so many projects are just organized on something like Discord, but Discord doesn't enable you to have you know, like like Sage would say, you don't have the ability to use the governance tools that would be required um, in in a true like DAO stack, right? And that might be uh, a payments Lego. That might be a voting Lego. That might be a token issuance Lego, right? Like there's so many of these Legos that need to be snapped together. And over the last, I don't know, I want to call it mm, four months, we've had tons of discussion about governance itself seeing that as like the key Lego that keys can add where keys is this thing that unlocks then the potential of other projects and ideas to come in and immediately gain traction with community in an organized way. And if we could provide that as a baseline service, then aren't we then unlocking the creative potential of this massive community of energy um, to move in coordinated ways. And then it all circles back to like the initial thing at that point, can't we better service, the projects, the communities, the ideas by connecting them with human and financial capital. But all of those are different Legos that kind of snap together. And, um, you know, we talk all the time and it's distributed conversation. So like all of the information sits in like different pockets. What I can say right now is that hackathon team, um, with Sage and the yellow turtle and boost, um, and Fawn jumped into that team, which is great. Fawn from the clone community, she's fantastic. And then um, a full-stack developer named Hubbus. he is, um, these guys have really put a ton of time into, um, I think, putting something together that the community is really going to love. And I know that Kriegel and Alt and myself and Rob and other people have jumped in, um, chatting it out, throwing ideas around. And the next month, hopefully, we'll see some really I think if we can deliver, and I say we as just like the community here um, supporting that group that's really putting a lot of time into it, can deliver what what's planned. It's it's going to be um, a core Lego block in the system going forward, and and truly then realize the vision of unlocking the potential of this community, and then you know dipshits like myself and and Alts and Kriegel can. Maybe someday realize our vision of a space yacht or, you know, in the background, like I said, we do have assets that we've been working on for a long time. And I'll just tease, like we do have a VR meeting space that we intend to attach to this. So like w- we truly are embracing this fidgetal existence. Um, you know, we are globally spread out right now, so we can't come to a a, a meeting place and all sit in the same room and look each other in the same eye, but through the power of VR, we can absolutely all come to the same place and represent ourselves and have these type of conversations. And we can provide a centralized location where there can be educational talks or there could be um, meetups for the community for people who are looking for to meet a developer or um, uh, another creative or something that they might want. So again, there are massive ideas here in play, each one is its own Lego block. I think we're going to provide a really valuable Lego block here, uh, Cook. That then we'll be able to snap other things onto going forward.
3: I'm excited for the Lego blocks, everyone. It's going to be great. You know, those things are just fun. Um, and all I'm thinking is, you know, for for whatever holiday, uh, Ethel Lauren, everyone just got to send this man like a Lego set. I think he'd be in heaven. Just sit there, build a bunch of cool stuff, uh, work on his physical space. I think it'd be cool. Um, Of course, you know, with associated digital Lego blocks, which hopefully that happens at some point. Um, But, dude, no, it's awesome. It's great. I'm excited for the the rails to be built um, for the governance structure to really start building on, you know, everything that happens after that. Um, Because, yeah, Solid Foundation leads to a really, really cool, really great uh, building on top of that foundation. So this is going to be sweet.
0: Yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say is there are really some incredible creators, some incredible brands that are circling around this space right now. And there are new projects that are stepping, that are coming up every day. Um, some, A lot of the hackathon projects are core infrastructure pieces, but there are things in the fame category, that fashion, art, music, entertainment category, um, like I see... Uh, down the audience like Duop is listening right now and they're looking to be an NFT project like one of the first NFT projects to launch on Luxo like in order to truly unlock and find community in this space we need to we need to create experiences that are fully let's say in the venue of which your community interacts like and that might not be the correct way to say it but like right now I mean, we're spread across Telegram and Discord and Twitter and a thousand other, like, D apps that are out there. If we could find a way to create a DAO stack inside of Luxo where basically you're now going to use your universal profile as the hub login for everything you use. And in the case of, like, a community, let's say, okay, let's say this. Let, let's say that there's a, um, uh, you know, for example, let's say that there is a um. Uh, Oh God. Let's say family clothing has his community. Now like family clothing as a new brand that's coming up in this space. Yeah. You could create a discord, right? But now you're just taking people off the platform where you want them to be. You want people to be interacting with your universal profile where your assets live. Well, what if instead we move that over to a social media that is connected to your universal profile and every single person who then follows family clothing is connected universally to the family clothing universal profile. And then that those relationships can never go away. You're, you're connected to your core community all the time and everything is done then on chain. Like this, this is, this is the direction that like, I think that we as keys like share as a vision here. And I think it's in line with the greater Luxo vision that like we want to create a hub of interaction that lives natively in this new creative economy, and doesn't then take you out across four platforms where you don't own your shit and can be deplatformed at any time. Um, so, like I said, if we can deliver that very, very core building block of governance, then so, like everything else can be snapped on top of that. Because let's be very realistic about what DAOs are. Like the initial instance, like the initial DAOs that were kind of employed out there were meant to be decentralized governance across like these protocols, and a lot of them are decentralized uh finance protocols and a lot of the governance tokens it was uh you know you could liquidity mine them right like I could lock up a bunch of my stable coins and then get these tokens back and a lot of people did that just to make money I'll just dump them on the open market. Now in order to gain governance I've got to buy it back um at some token price. And a lot of these governance tokens, people don't even use them to participate in governance. It's kind of broken and sucks. If we could like kind of change that a little bit and instead say and really, uh, I guess, realize what DAOs really are. And what DAOs really are, are like future corporations, future business structures, future business entities that allow creators um, in a, a way to manage their their businesses on chain. So you'll you'll have payment rails that you can then pay people who work for you, right? Uh, or work for the DAO, right? That DAO being a business. I mean, it's like any corporate structure. It's just probably like a little less friction. I, I realize there's like, regulatory gray area around DAOs right now, but more stuff will come in and these governance structures can adapt to, to fit within inside fit inside these like regulatory boundaries as they start to come up. Um, but what it will do was it'll allow like, again, to use family clothing as a creator. Um, it'll allow like a brand like family clothing to build a business on chain, to build uh, an entire business stack on chain, um, where, you know, they'll be able to manage from one location. And I, I think that that's just going to be super powerful. Again, when Luxo says the new creative economy, like they're not bullshitting you. It's not just, hey, we're going to sell you a bunch of NFTs. It is, we're going to create a true economy at every layer um, and unlock all of that creative potential behind it. And creation exists from, uh, again, it, it, like wonderful business ideas to beautiful pieces of art, everything, in, in, and then I guess everything in between.
1: One of the, one of the cool things about the custom logic of a universal profile is like your, you know, your brand can be a, a universal profile and you can just keep onboarding as many people as you grow and just send them the access as they need to perform their job uh, without, you know, they won't be able to sell the NFT that's devoting, you know, tokens, uh, for instance, but like, you know, they could just basically, you know, do other things with it to interact. So that's really cool that we can grow while maintaining and can control of our brands as well and give people direct access to what they need.
4: My favorite point you said there also is people can move in and work in their jobs, right? Like huge issue with DAOs right now is nobody's using their governance utility of the tokens they hold, right? Like most proposals gain like sub 10% of total token holders, Right. When you have individuals that are working there for their job for a specific reason, for a reason that they're interested in and the proposal pertains to what they do on their daily life working that said job, they're naturally more incentivized to actually participate in the proposal and be actually informed and be ready to make an informed and ready decision on said proposal, right? So that's what where the Luxo stables and uh, standards enable things that the Ethereum ones don't right. Like being able to key manage those jobs out and provide specific proposals to specific permissions, is going to take things to the next level. And, and that's kind of what we're playing around with what we're, what we're trying to do, take things to a new level. I love it.
3: That, uh, Satisfies the question of the day. We all know there will be many more. <laughs> all right, keep going down the rabbit holes, y'all. How's that uh, vineyard coming cooking? Dude, I, uh, I totally have a college buddy actually who owns a vineyard, and gem and I were out there. We toured it. The dude has 10,000 pounds of grapes, and I ain't even kidding, all So when you dropped that rose meme and you actually tagged me, bro, I geeked out. Like, I was loving it. Um, so I, I messaged my guy. You never know. Uh, interesting things come out of memes. Uh, this is recorded. So come out of memes. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's the best things come out of memes. I agree. And, like, a nice rosé could hit totally perfectly come this fall. Uh, who knows? Uh, I don't know how long those things have to age. Maybe I'll put a case in my basement and send them to the fellas. Who knows? Uh, a lot of fun, though. Great meme. GM
2: all of that. alright I'm going to step down, keep keep going, guys. Yo, 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 can you hear me? Okay, should be working, right? Yeah, yeah, yo, <laughs> what's up, guys? What's up, Al? What's up, Italian? What's up, guys? So I had a question for the DAO, for the kids, for the keys. So I was wondering, I kind of wanted to, like, brainstorm with you guys about gaming. Uh, gaming on Luxo specifically like what kind of ideas do you guys wanna see on that kind of like in the, uh, I know in the hackathon there's like a section for gaming in Metaverse. And what kind of stuff do you like wanna see, want to like experience on Luxo in gaming?
1: Uh, That's a great question.
2: Um,
1: I would love to see like interoperability, like a porting, like basically like, like a game that could you could pull your assets that you own in the game um, directly from your universal profile and easily use them. Um, which Yaman in his last, in that one video that he posted kind of breaking down universal profiles and standards, he actually kind of mentioned this kind of system. Um, it was a bit technical, but I need to watch it again. But it's like, yeah, that would be, that'd be great. And I would love to see is being able to, you know, pull assets, like, like, for instance, 3D avatars, you know, that into a game, because that's the dream, is to, you know, pull them into a game directly from your profile um, and be able to use them on the blockchain.
2: Yeah, yeah, so for like, like, kind of like a VR experience where you could just use every single asset you own on uh, your new user profile. Yeah, that would be really cool. Oh, that would be sick, too, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Like, you'd need some kind of interface to, like, transpose your assets into... Uh, you need some kind of bridge, I would say, for like to to merge both worlds. But that would be definitely possible. But all stuff that like led foot has, there's a lot of closing stuff in uh, on the NFTs. And if you could use those clothes on your avatar, that would be really cool. You could also import like maybe like uh, your uh, your clonex and stuff like that. It could bridge and just like get like kind of like eating, getting like a metaverse, that would be really cool.
1: I mean the future of, of digital fashion is these standards if you ask me. Like, cause then you can, so not only does like your your, your avatar for instance like have one smart contract with 10,000 others or whatever, but no, like your 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 avatar would have its own smart contract and then each piece of digital fashion would have its own smart contract and its own universal profile. So yeah, being able to, I think that that's what makes it really easy are much more possible to do it seamlessly because the, the custom logic that your universal profile that you can build to port those assets now, you know, will, will be really impressive, I think.
2: Yeah, that would be that would be actually very, very, very impressive. But yeah, uh, besides that, like, I think, I'm going to try to, like, integrate, like, some kind of, like, um, metaverse play into the mix of project. So, yeah, look forward to that. I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, by the way, I'll, we have something for you. I'll send it to you again. We have, I have something for you, but not now. I'm I'm keeping like I wrapped up on it. Like it's a secret for now. I have a have, I guess a nice gift.
1: Well, we appreciate you thinking of us, and I'm excited that. I, so let me ask you, Dope. Um, like, why did you? Why are you choosing to build on Luxo?
2: Oh, because Luxo for for me, I feel like there's kind of like. Uh, there's a lot of people that are building on the show, but I feel like the, you, it, it could be more. Like, Ethereum, for me, was the other choice. But Ethereum was like, high guys fee, and it's just not, like, very, like, game-friendly. It's not metaverse-friendly. In the sense that, like, even projects that are similar to us kind of decided to build on L2s, like, um, for example, Golden Chain, which is very similar to us. Decided to build on the L2 that is like for NFTs on, a, on, a, on each on them. But I'm not that interested in L2s. I was build on a, on a very good L1. That's like, that's like kind of like complementary to like Ethereum rather than an L2 uh, of Ethereum. you know? you that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I think that it's all going to boil down to consensus of standards. So if you're if you're building from the base of those best standards, well then you're going to give your project the the most opportunity for utility.
2: Yeah, exactly. The looks the stand, the looks of standards I feel like could be the next wave. Really, like there's just a huge potential in the in what the standard brings to the table. I feel like, and like if you could just bring the this reality to like. So like mass solution, like I feel like we like we're sitting on the gold mine, pretty much. That's my thought. I
0: think it just reduces like <clears throat> the friction for um, fashion brands, really. Uh, I guess to meet their target market, but also just to do business in general. Um, this is where you know really. Marjorie, I guess pushing this forward, um really identifying this use case of digital fashion as being a great entry point is is visionary, right? um because we do see this idea of a dematerialized future. I love that play on words um where we're we're moving away from like the waste in the traditional fashion industry, but we're also connecting people who want to participate in those projects, people who want to collect those works of art, because fashion really is an art form unto itself. Uh, we're going to reduce the friction between the collector and the creator. And Luxo, I guess we've already reduced some of that friction in blockchain in general, but Luxo is going to take that to a whole nother level for the reasons that we've already stated here, where again, you're the, the fashion brand is going to, is going to and and I can say this with certainty is going to own the social graph um, between their their uh, base of collectors, uh, and they'll never lose that. It'll be instantiated on chain, um, and then there's going to be so many pieces that come out of that, including and but not limited to the cultural currencies that'll start to pop up around it. Um, right, like. If you were to equip, you know, Kriegel. now I'm going to go down your road here. Like if I was to go out there and I was to equip a piece of digital fashion, right? Like I sign a transaction, I equip that bad boy for every block that I'm wearing it. I could then earn a piece of cultural currency, like a cultural token from the fashion brand who created it that then could be used later on to redeem experiences or something like that uh, in real life. And again, not limited to experiences. The forms of the rewards will be wild, and I can't think of them all right now. Uh, But those are the experiences that Luxo is designed for, it's built for, um, and those are the low-friction experiences that are going to come up that just don't – if they exist now, it's very, very difficult to onboard uh, a collector of a fashion item into those types of rewards programs. Like how many times have you bought something and someone immediately says to you, uh, would you like to provide your phone number and email? And reflexively I say no. Right. Where now it's just, it's because I purchased it from my universal profile. And because I hit follow on Cult and rain, right? Like I want to follow them as a creator, right? I'm going to be able to now connect with them. They will know that I truly in, enjoy um, the products that they put out there um, and they'll be able to reach me directly. And like I said, that use case of like just block time equipping um, the asset that's connected to their profile, there's going to be so many opportunities that come out from there. And Kriegel, I know for a fact like that's the type of thing that, that absolutely charges your batteries.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree for sure. Now I feel like that's the only thing I kind of want to see more off on Luxo. And that's why where, that's where we kind of came in. I want to see more product doing what we do in the sense of like, digital fashion is a big thing on Look so but I want to see more than just digital fashion. You know what I mean? I want to see way more than that. I feel like the potential is just like way larger than digital fashion itself. Like if, like I, we could see like so much, so much on the so happening. I feel like, I don't know what you guys think about that.
1: I, I, oh, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, Kregel. Yeah, I mean, we're getting digital fashion. We're getting physical fashion already um, with some of the the collaborations dmat has been doing. I don't know there's stuff going on in the background. I mean, stuff I'm working on will be, you know, digital, so we're getting physical and digital in there um, and yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing other markets coming as well. So yeah, you're you're right on and it's it's, you know, the digital fashion is just the tip of the spear for what's happening here.
0: Well it's a Trojan horse. and I think that we've said that before. Digital fashion is just the Trojan horse that's going to bring a lot of people into these experiences. And then um, <clears throat> that Trojan horse is so effective because it it really it, it's going to be welcomed at the gates of so many different applications and use cases. And dope, I know you're talking about gaming here, right? Like if you're at the gates of the gaming empire, how much of gaming right now, incorporates digital fashion pieces already, right? But in a limited sense. And if you could just unlock the ability to move those digital fashion pieces out across platforms through something like a nomad protocol, um, that was came up, that a, a team came up with for the first hackathon that could allow something to be native rent, like rent, uh, rendered natively in any application. How neat would that be? Or, you know, what if, again, um, if you're a large brand, you know, all, you no longer have to worry about making the connection to get your item into let's let's say like a GTA Six. Instead, you just have to issue the digital fashion on a chain like Luxo, and there's going to be that native integration where you'll be able to then get that thing rendered in GTA Six, and you don't need to talk to that team at all. Like those are the 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 I think that's the power that exists on the background here, and that's where those types of experiences are going to start to come up. Like. Dope! I know you like you have a card game that you're looking at imagine if the characters in your card game could be rendered with digital fashion pieces now I know that that's kind of an out there idea but like these are the type of experiences oh, really? that we could see right yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. we kind of walking on something we kind of like walking on the so we're launching like a first collection with the card game. So every character, every every NFT that you own will be able to like claim a card that is a physical item that you will to like get physically at your own, at your heart at your own, right? Like everyone will be able to like get actual physical cards. That's the first step of a roadmap. The second step of a roadmap is in inter- interesting like 3D avatars. So we wanna do like actual getting to digital fashion. So I've been talking with like Ledfoot. I, I think you're all familiar with that Um we We'll be talking to like kind of like collab into making a 3D avatar collection inspired by Clonex, something like that. So that, we have big plans, to be honest. So yeah, but like, and eventually, like, kind of like bringing those characters to life into uh, the top game in some way, in some capacity.
0: Yeah, I love it. Expansive vision. And again, to circle back to the Lego block idea, the more Lego blocks we have in place, the more we're going to be able to snap these things together and then expand upon roadmaps like that significantly into experiences that frankly, my little monkey brain just cannot come up with right now to lock them all together. That's why I like having Kriegel around because he is far more adept at putting together kind of future forward visions for this type of thing. Um, I'll never forget when Kriegel really kind of blew my mind, um, with the idea of like, a. um, a crypto kick or like really just the augmented reality experience of showing up to central park, having an AR build, like basically leaderboard that you could log into, um, access different running routes and then top times along that route. Like that one blew my mind. Um, it seems so simplistic now that you mentioned it, Kriegel, but before then I had never really thought about that. Um,
1: so I would, it's funny you mentioned that because that idea actually, I was working on a student project, and this was back in like 2014 with like that kind of a concept of the billboard in a park. But only now are we realizing like, oh, okay, yeah, blockchain universal profiles can actually enable that in a way that like, yeah, this actually makes sense to do. And we don't have to build like a gigantic physical infrastructure in the middle of a park, which kind of defeats the purpose of a park. So yeah, there's so many crazy ideas out there. Um, the future is going to be full of opportunity. That's for certain.
2: Yeah, and I kind of feel like we're like huge pioneer in in on Luxo. Luxo is still under the radar, like crazy, in my opinion. Like, there's just so much when people are actually going to like start to come in on a chain, like on mass. Like that's when you are going to start to see like some real, real stuff happening on the chain. And I feel, I feel like. I'm kinda of eager to like see that happening. I feel like it will really happen for sure. It's just a matter of when, to be honest. But yeah, we're like pioneers of the pioneers. Like it's kinda of crazy in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. And some of us will die of dysentery or drown in the river while trying to ford it with our oxen. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: To quote the Oregon Trail, right? To, to go back there. But you know, without people who are brave enough to explore this this kind of um Frontier, we don't really get anywhere, and uh, we truly are exploring a frontier here. And this frontier is only capable—we're only capable of exploring this frontier because people have come before us um, and established, really, um, these massive crypto economic systems that just really smart people keep iterating on, right? And we, as the end users, uh, get to benefit from that. And we, as builders, that fall come down the line have more Lego pieces to snap together, which is really interesting. Um, so, you know, I would say yeah, to go full circle on this bad boy, we got 43 projects currently in the Luxo Buildup number one hackathon. Um, most of them are infrastructure-based projects. I know there are more projects that exist out there. Um, some just have not registered. Some won't register. Um, we're going to – the ecosystem of DApps is just beginning – to blossom, like right now, let's let's call it a plant that has the seed has germinated and we are just starting to see the first growth come up above the soil. Pretty soon, um, I can see that thing becoming a nice sapling, and then eventually, hopefully, it becomes a massive tree with lots of branches and lots of leaves. Each leaf being an important piece unto itself, generating again user base and energy that feeds the tree. So, um, you know, we've been going for an hour and a half, which is typically about our cut time because we try to keep these things digestible. And because of that, I would say for anybody up here, do you have anything else that you would like to say before I pull the rug pretty hard? Pull it. <laughs> pull it. Don't tempt me. Okay. Well, Kriegel, I hope the 3d printing goes exceptionally well, my friend. Um, I know again, if you're not aware of, of Kriegel and who Kriegel is, um, do yourself a favor. Click on his bio, check out his his uh, his portfolio. Uh, Kriegel is an, an exceptionally talented designer. He's also a pretty accomplished cosplayer in the Mandalorian world. Um, so I won't go too much deeper into that. But uh, again, it, Kriegel is a is a name that you should probably pay attention to going forward. I'd like to thank everyone for stopping into the space today. Dwalt, thanks for coming up and sharing your ideas. I see Colton Ray and the fashion brand down there. Thanks for popping in and listening. Um, Big fans here. So this closes the pink pill number 19. Uh, We'll be back again for number 20. If you're looking for a daily dose of pink pills, I've been trying to throw those out daily um, to just, again, keep adding information to this ecosystem. If you're interested in participating in that, Kind of venture of getting information out there, um, the Daily Pink Pill. Kind of viewing that not as an Ethelorian project, but instead kind of like a newspaper for for our little uh, for our community. So if you've got a great idea, something that you want to contribute, just hit me up. I'm more than happy to to get that out there because I'll tell you, 365 days of uh, putting out information. Is a daunting task. So the more people that contribute, the better it will be. I'm just trying to twist Alts's arm to get some, um, get some video content, get some Metaheads content uh, going up on that site as well that you can interact with. If you haven't followed along with Alts, um, Alts is kind of pioneering the VR clone space right now, which is fantastic. So make sure you click on on uh, on Alts's profile and go check out those videos because Alts has got a unique sense of humor. Uh, and never misses the opportunity to troll. So, on never. that, <laughs> yeah, right, never. Um, so, on that note, thanks again for tuning in to the weekly Pink Pill number nineteen. We'll be back again, same time, same bat channel for number twenty, which absolutely blows my mind. On that note, I'm the I'm the uh, Ethelorian, and I'm gonna pull the rug—a nice, beautiful Persian rug—in three, two, and. 1.